sit back in your seats, get something to eat, and watch this movie. Don't let the kids see it, because, well, let, let, we'll let you hear the, the um, beginning of Thank you. Hello and welcome to Left of the Projector. I am your host, Evan, back again with another film discussion from the left. I'm happy to announce that you can now sign up and be a paid subscriber to the show directly from Spotify. So you can just pop on there and support the show. Also, if you would be so kind as to smash that ratings button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this show, right now as always you can follow the show on tiktok and instagram at left of the projector pod enjoy the show all right this week we will continue the halloween month with the 90s classic maybe classic interview with the vampire not to be confused with the new AMC TV show. And to discuss, I am joined again by Smirk Gently. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yes, yes. So we, we were just discussing before before hitting record that this movie, in my, my collective memory, was always positive. But I feel like in rewatching it, it's the first movie I've recorded for this show where I'm, I wasn't I wasn't blown away. I just was kind of like, eh, I'll finish this movie. And by the way, you should still finish this podcast. (laughs) Nice nice disclaimer. Um, Yeah, I kind of, I kind of felt similarly. Like I, I just remember it's one of those movies that I feel like when I was in high school, I watched a bunch and I'm not going to read into that too much, but I know that I've seen it a lot. And this time watching through, I just, I don't know. I noticed a lot of things that I guess didn't stand out to me before. That really bugged me. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I'd seen it a number of times too, probably the same in high school. And I think I liked like the aesthetic of the movie, that it was like cool that a vampire is being interviewed. Like that's like sets the idea of it being super cool. But I feel like that aspect of it is kind of completely pointless. I don't know how else to describe it. Like it didn't seem like that mattered. It was just like a medium for them to show this tale of like this sad vampire yeah it feels like like what would that be like set dressing you're just kind of like okay and by the okay so here's why we're here otherwise what reason could he possibly have to talk about this christian slater is there and go and then if they check in with him like a couple times i think it pans away and, and you see christian slater is waiting and he's listening and uh yeah it didn't, it didn't seem like until like the very beginning and then the very end the only time that really matters but that was one of the cool yeah i mean it is interesting like i think it's in san francisco i think they film or he's doing it or new york i don't know something like that one of the two but yeah i mean it's sort of like they needed a medium i know this is based on a book so it's not like they created this you know purely for hollywood it was a it was a novel but i think you know even before well i think this will be maybe more interesting than the full discussion of all the movies. But I've been kind of reading some articles on how the myth and the idea of vampire, you know, does, you know, it's part of every kind of media, movies, 
think of think of everything you you've you've uh, watched or whatever related to vampire lore, and it all kind of started with you know Bram Stoker's Dracula, but really like the idea has seeds much longer before that, and I think we'll get into some of the ideas of what the idea of a vampire means and what it was used for. But I think in kind of jumping into the movie, the first thing that struck me just about this movie in general is it takes place in New Orleans and the Brad Pitt character, who's not a vampire just yet, is a slave-owning plantation owner. And clearly not such a good guy. But he they like make him seem like he's so sad because his you know oh your your family died like i don't mean to say that in a in that tone but like you know his family died and he's sad but he has this massive mansion and presumably hundreds of slaves you know poor you buddy yeah yeah and they yeah they use a wife and an infant child both died during childbirth as just a plot device it's just like they've mentioned them for two seconds and he's like, I would have been happy to join them. Okay, then like kill yourself. But no, so when he has the opportunity to die, he's like, No, I think I'd like to stay and enjoy being a, a slave owning plantation owner. Yeah, just like go play poker and hope that some like dumbass you know shoots me. Like that scene really I felt I didn't remember the beginning of the movie. I thought that scene was was kind of stupid. And then like that's where he meets Lestat, who's like, I don't know if it almost made it seem like he was hunting in the I guess like a, you know, a poker kind of place. But then I also thought, wondered, did he own the place? Does he have some kind of connection? But that doesn't really matter. Yeah, the, the whole situation of their wealth too. Um, That's a big question and, of mine. Yeah, how does that how does that work exactly when you've been alive for who knows how long and, and as the movie progresses, you know, how are they moving this money around? Like it would be. And how I, I don't understand. They don't need to live in these opulent places, but they do because that's what they're used to. They, they literally don't need to. They don't even have to shower. They could sleep in a hole in the ground. It makes no difference. <laughs> yeah, like the well, the, I know we're jumping ahead, but I some at some point when he when he well maybe I'll get to in a second. So this is sort of like you know he is sad about his life. Boohoo, you know emo vampire pining away, and then Lestat basically says you know. You can have it all. You can live forever and be like me, you know. And he's so sad and depressed because of his, you know, his uh, his lost wife that he's like, you know, fuck it. I'll, I'll be, a, I'll do this. But he obviously didn't know what he was, you know, there was no idea. Another thing I wondered too is like this, was there no like, I, this was the 1700s. So there was no real lore of vampires in America at that time. It was a very European phenomenon. So. The idea of like you're gonna be a vampire now and live forever, like it probably is probably like you're fucking lying to me. Yeah, but okay, so he 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 says I'm gonna offer you the chance I never had or something, right? Like he, that's his whole thing. Like I don't have to feel badly because I'm giving you the choice without really explaining <laughs> what that is. He is he like is flying with him at one point, right? Yes, so like, he does. He, he picks him up and he drops him. him. Well, he's almost dead, right? Like he drains most of his blood, then he drops him into the swamp. Yeah. He crawls out somehow. He finds him again. It's like now you can either just die like this poor schlub or you can be live forever in your plantation mansion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not really 
He's basically just saying, like, you can just stay the way you were or die. Yeah. And I thought, wasn't that what he wanted? Like, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense to me that he would see that. He was clearly out looking to get, like, murdered. Yeah, I mean, Lestat was just lonely. He wanted a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really, like, I feel like what it came down to, he was... And then, which we'll obviously touch into, but I feel like there was clearly, throughout the movie, he constantly, Lestat will often say to Louis, you know, oh, you're so, you're still very good looking and all these things. It's clearly like he has a attraction to him and that's why he chose him to be his vampire friend, partner in air quotes, you know, which they don't really get into. Um, and I also wrote down that they both have this long hair, which we then realized later that if you cut it, it's still long. Did people have long hair like that in New Orleans? I don't think they did. Um, I don't know. Seems impractical with how hot it gets. Um, for the time, maybe, but I don't know. I, I know that um, the thought he comes from Paris right before then, like he had been in Europe previously, and he's basically living in like pre-revolutionary yes, right? Yeah, this is like the 1780s, something like that. Okay, so, all right. It may have been earlier, because I know that later they say, I have a line that I quoted where he, I think this is after the girl turns, and he's talking about um, the, oh man, see if I can find it, I thought it was really funny. Oh, here it is, he says, um... (laughs) Because the New Orleans is becoming super popular, and now it's America. And he says, "Oh, it's all American now. Their democratic flavor doesn't suit me." Referring to like the now like Yankee doodle nature of it, he likes these like the Creole blood, which is basically what he was kind of saying. So I guess that you're right. It was before America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's to gentrify it. Yeah, they're gentrifying Nola so that it's a little bit uh, so you can get a cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> Not blood. Oh, I think maybe one of the big pieces of this movie is that Louis is a, is refuses to kill. You know, he won't kill for his sustenance. You know, he shuns the idea of murder. And I feel like that's kind of what leaves him in this, like, he makes him, like, you make, you, you kind of, like, like him ignoring for the fact that it's Brad Pitt and we shouldn't like him, but just like his character like is likable. Like you're meant to like him and hate Lestat, right? Because he's this murderous, prostitute killing monster and then he's like eating rats because he refuses to eat, you know. I don't, I just, I don't know what to do with that. So I, I kind of place Brad Pitt really in this movie as like a conscientious objector sort of thing, but like more in a like centrist flavor of that because he is disgusted by all the murder and the killing and, and just the soullessness of it all. Um, but he's like actively a slave master, right? And also he's not stopping the stop from killing anyone. He's just kind of watching on and like he watches in horror, but he doesn't do anything. Yes. You know, he's, he's mostly concerned about what it means for his soul and his morality. You know, his, how he would look at himself, which is just, you know, 
like I, yeah, they they frame him that way to make him seem more compassionate and relatable and like human, but in a very real sense, he's not. Like he, he's just kind of sitting by and watching it. Like, well, I, that's terrible, and you should stop. But I'm not going to actually do anything about it. Yeah, like they show the scenes where like he drains the like one of the sex workers, and then he like pours some into a like the wine glass, and he you know he knocks it over. But I think there's another time where he might actually drink. I can't remember. But yeah, he they want to make him seem like the good part of this pair, mm-hmm. you know. But it's not. And then, um, but I guess the the other interesting scene that I didn't remember at all was the slaves that live or work for his plantation start pulling like bodies out of the swamp. And they and they see, and they never show anyone else in the entire human element ever understanding that these are people are dying because there's someone or some demon or whatever. But the African American black community of slaves knew some kind of demonic thing was at work, and they rise yeah. up and they're like outside, you know, dancing and singing. And Lestat hates it. He's like angry that they're constantly out there bothering him. Yeah, if, and I don't, I don't really know what to make of that because considering the source of like this this part of the story, it's weird. Is, are they doing like, is she, is, is Anne Rice or, or whoever directed it this way? I don't know if that's in the book, but are they are they saying like, well, they would know because there's, there's weird shit where they came from. Like, is it, it's, I feel like no matter which way you paint it, the fact that that's the only time that somebody notices that people are being murdered and that it's probably these guys who never come out during the day, is this one instance. Like, it's either that, either like, well, I don't know, it's probably some, like, it's either that or it's like the magical black person trope that, like, Stephen King likes to do. Yeah. Uh, or, like, the, the mystical, sort of like, oh, they know about weird shit, and, you know, it's that. And yeah, and they also things. show, like, the, um, what do you call it, the, um, uh, what's the like voodoo doll? I think at one point they quit br- like briefly flash. I feel like that gives it a flavor of like we're trying to give like the black community like a little bit of it's like the only part in the entire movie where there is a black person at all. It's like the butler slave. No, or, oh sorry, that's not true. Wait, there's there's okay, so there's a woman. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but she comes to. And she is like sort of doting on him and like sitting with him, and the way they have her, the way she's looking at him is, is as though she feels much more strongly for him than like somebody who's enslaved by someone probably reasonably. I don't know. It's just they make it seem like she has this affection for him and she's pleading with him. She's like, Don't we have a master anymore? Yeah, and that line was him, super I'm weird. Like, it's bizarre that the only real because I don't I don't know what other time is somebody who's not you know one of the main white people talking in this movie. Yeah, I, I I wrote that exact line down. Are you still? Are you our master still? And it felt like like one of those situations where like you're have like Stockholm syndrome, like you're a slave yet somehow like you become to love the person who treats you at literally as an object. Yeah, there's a couple of different um, names for like when this happens specifically with black characters. 
Yeah, it's, Stockholm um, is more like you're being kidnapped. It's not the same thing. Yeah, but it is. It's a similar sort of thing, and it's also like the mammification thing, too, because she's there, like, caring for him. Like, her only reason for being there in that moment is to show that somebody cares about him and that people think he's nice and to also sort of comfort him and then for him to get another woman usually as like, you know, just just for changing everything because he tells us. Conditions of slavery led to like stereotypes by the slaveholder or something like that. So maybe it's not quite the exact same thing. But I I think it's it's kind of weird the way that they – I don't know. It's almost like they they were trying to show in my actually I think about this now is they're trying they were showing Louis like ridding himself of like his humanness. Like she sees him like now he's not eating, he's not drinking. She's like now sees like him having given up whatever was left of being human. Even though we already know he's a vampire, but someone yeah. else is noticing it. Like he doesn't have any friends. That's another weird <laughs> thing, right? He has no friends. Nobody checks on him. They have like parties and stuff, though. Yes, they do go to parties, but he didn't seem to know anyone, right? It was only Lestat who knew people. Yeah, which is weird because he's definitely not been in the country as long, and I don't know. Yes, I guess. So, Louis is supposed to be 24 years old when his wife and infant child die. So, that's supposed to be 24 year old Brad Pitt throughout this, by the way. There's also. I guess that would explain why he doesn't really have a lot of like society connection. But you don't get to that level of rich without knowing some of these people. But they're having the parties and everything mostly so that Lestat can hunt. Right. But I mean, they show when he burns down the house, there are a bunch of like fancy paintings, which I presume were like his parents. So I'm guessing like his mm-hmm. parents also died or something. And so he was left with this, you know, generational wealth plantation kind of thing. Yeah, he didn't um, But then he does... The thing, okay, the thing with the burning of the house, though, because this, this pisses me off to no end. So he does that. He tells them all as he's burning the house down with all of the expensive things in it. He's like, you're free now. You can't just do that. You can't just declare bankruptcy. You don't just walk out and yell it. And you can't just say, you're free now. I, I say you're free. None of those people are free. He had the power to actually do something to free them. He could have given them resources. Could have, he could have um, written a will and given him his house and been like, you can live here now. He could have he could have given them the means of the production. They could have seized it. <laughs> he could have been he could have been a real a real match in that situation and just set every one of those people up. It's the least he could have done was that, but instead he just burns the place. Yeah, because he's he's feeling he's still feeling down now. Now he's feeling down because he'll live forever. As this, you know, attractive man who can, you know, well, I guess the only downside is you can't go out during the day. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. Your, you can only go to parties at night. <laughs> yeah, but you live in Ireland, so it's like that's not, you know, that's not a problem at all. I think they like to, I don't know, they're supposed to see this as him trying not to lose his humanity throughout this, right? Like he, he wants to have his humanity. He resents that he. Feels like he doesn't have it anymore because of you know being a vampire and, and having to kill and all this stuff. But he he has an overblown sense of what it, he has to begin with because he doesn't actually have like real connection with other people. Like he doesn't seem to think of the consequences of his actions or or how things affect them in any real sense. 
He's just like a spoiled rich kid who probably like got sent off to like some fancy college because they had colleges by then in mid seven late 1700s. He got sent away. He came home. His parents died or something like maybe he didn't want to come home and then his parents died. So he has to come back, take over the plantation, you know, poor you here. You know, he didn't obviously care. He didn't. It's not like they made him seem, you know, sad or depressed because he was a slave owner. He didn't care about that. I mean, he frees them. But it's like a platitude. It's like empty platitude. Yeah, yeah. Free, quote unquote, freeze him, freeze them. Yeah. Um. But I think the like the turning point in this movie, or maybe I guess like the second act, is when he comes across Claudia, the small girl who parents had just died from. They don't say what plague it is, but some you know some. Polio, no, something worse, some disease, and now he kills for like the first time in the movie, but he kills a child, and he's like devastated by it, and I feel like it doesn't make any sense at all that he just had this like turning point, like I'm gonna give this up and be like a good person again in quotes, and then he eats a child. Or drains the child. Yeah, I, I, I that happens. I feel like I'm always wondering: was it his intention to turn her? Is that is because he saw what, that her mother was dead and she was alone, and he felt some kind of pity for her? And then you know, throughout the whole rest of the movie, they have that very strange attachment. But he actually though he's horrified by the idea of um, without changing her, right? Get yeah i mean clearly he was like missed that he didn't have a child like he was disappointed yeah i, th- I think you're probably right that he intended to turn her but couldn't do it yeah but yeah that it's it still feels somewhat out of character to do it and then then they sort of like just jump ahead 30 years well i guess some list act you know t- you know turns her and at first like he's like not even that angry about it like he doesn't really like flip out he just i think he's just like glad that he didn't kill her that she's now alive as a vampire yeah and and meanwhile you know as a child vampire with no self-control she's like killing seamstresses and they're and they're spoiling her and giving her all kinds of cool stuff she gets to live as a rich person now and like as as that happens, like it's, it's bizarre to me to see that movie has such a like awful reaction to the idea of killing and being a vampire and you know doing these things that to him are like morally and ethically egregious. But for her, she kind of just I guess because she's an impressionable kid. But even for a kid, that's a pretty extreme shift in like every sort of value that her poor dead mother probably taught her. Right, like yeah, it's it's intense, and then it almost makes you wonder because of the opportunities she has to kill and the lack of uh, any sort of accountability. Like she's like, if she was turned by a couple of really poor vampires who still had to live in like one of those shacks where they found her, I don't know. Like, would she? Be... They'd be eating rats, right? <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> It's just so weird how quickly it shifts for her. 
I also wonder if Louis is also like lets her like having a child, you know, even though it's not his, he like refers to it basically his child. Um, and Lestat is kind of like the, like the uncle who lets you do whatever you want. <laughs> He's like spoils you and like, you know, buys you things you're not supposed to like has all this creepy doll collection. Like how many mm-hmm. dolls do you like at one point she's like, I don't need any more dolls. I'm, I'm covered. Yeah. Um, again, also, where did they get all this money? Because at first they're like, oh, we're going to just stay in like little boarding houses. And then like a few years later, they're infinitely wealthy again. So in, I have a couple of theories about this. And I'm sure, again, I'm sure this is something that like in the book, like with one line, it's probably like, oh, that, don't worry about that because it's this. But in the beginning, it makes sense, obviously, for Louis to have that money because he's a blame owner. But the only thing I can think is that as they're going suddenly society people, they're also taking stuff from them. Do you think they're robbing them? Yeah, maybe they take the things from the place. Like they, they talk about how they like murdered an entire family. Like they were doing like a concert, like a concert show, and then they murdered the whole family, including the children. Oh my god! But yeah. then they, but then they show like the few. I mean, we pretty. How could you get away with that? Like they saw them go in, they did a concert thing for them. They left, and then now they're dead. I mean, I realize yeah, it's the 1700s or whatever, but, but come on. But people notice if other people just stop showing up, right? Yeah, entire families. And this random, this random people that like that they look the same, like this. I mean, I guess like in a big city, they kind of make it sound like, oh, it's a big city. You can kind of like blend in; doesn't matter. You wouldn't notice, really. You know, in New York, like if, imagine living in like a big city. You would never see the same child twice. Yeah. Still, still, it's creepy, but yeah, they, yeah. they, or or maybe they just, yeah, I, presumably they could steal money. And they also they also show at some points that I think that like Lestat like has super or no, later Brad Pitt's character can like move really fast, like faster than you can even because he turns on the light for the for Christian Slater's character, right? Yeah. So presumably they could like rob banks. Oh, yeah. See, you know what would be a cool movie? A cool movie would be like the Old West bank robbers who were vampires. Oh, that's uh, just a couple of degrees separation away from Abraham Lincoln vampire hunters. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but if it took place in the same universe, like that same section. Like Old Western know. vampires seems cool to me for some reason. Uh, um, make, make a okay. Back to the Future remake, but with vampires. They have to like, <laughs> go back and like kill the vampires. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like the <laughs> going back to like the Claudette and like well maybe this thing we didn't discuss at all was the constant theme which I'm sure is in the book from what I was reading more is like the relationship between Louis and Lestat which they make seem like is very like business like like they're like friends that are forced to live together it's like the odd couple like they have to live together now they have a child together but they're clearly, at least from Lestat's end, clearly is attracted to Louis. Never, it's never like brought on. I think we were saying before it came on. Like they in the nineties, they were. You're not likely to see a movie with like that kind of gay scenes in it, really, for the most part. Yeah, they dance around an awful lot. I think, I think, in the, yeah, like you were saying, in the book, it's probably a lot more apparent. It's just like. Yeah, it is. And like, there's a very clear sexual tension between them. But 
I don't know. I think if that really, really wants to be with him in that way, I don't know that Lily is totally open to it because he never displays in the movie any sort of like sexuality. No, he's like <laughs> completely. Like I think another thing I was saying is that in a lot of a lot of vampire trope movies, there's often like a lot of emphasis put on like them having you know like them finding people to have sex with and all the with other vampires. But in this movie, there are all these like you know sex workers they're finding. And actually, one line I put down from earlier, I think this is when they're at. They also like kill people like in plain sight too sometimes. Yeah, like they're at a restaurant or some bar and they're like both sitting next to you know, their evening meal. And the, the line that I wrote down, which is, you can't escape this line. He says, is his kiss as deep as yours? Like when they're both like biting the, the one, I think this is like the first time where he wouldn't kill. I know we're going back, but like, that's, I don't know. I can't help but hear that line and be like two men, the woman, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe I'm just trying to read something into this movie and make it, yeah, there's supposed to be like an inherent eroticism to the whole vampire thing anyway, and that was that's part of like the mythology. Um, and in a lot of different iterations of the vampire thing, they have like the bite being like like it's supposed to feel good or something. Yeah, um, like there's often like women who like it, right? Like it's a like it's a turn on. Yeah, a yeah there's, like, there's like the the blood draining and the drinking and everything takes the place. They continue to kind of make their way through New Orleans. And then they, I think part of what Louis is so like sad about is that he doesn't like, he's like, I want to know where I come from. Like, where do these vampires come from? And he's like obsessed. They don't like, I'm sure in the book, it's probably spends more time on it, but he wants to know like where, you know, how did Lestat become a vampire? Where, you know, what this whole thing, which is sort of interesting because normally you would think of like a human who learns about vampires wants to know, but he wants to know about his origins, like his own origin story. And so they need to escape Lestat because he's not going to leave. And that scene is like super diabolical. Like Claudia, this little girl plays a ridiculous, like, I don't know how she learned. I mean, I guess you have to think that she's like a 45 year old person in like a, 10-year-old body with knowledge and all this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really deeply unsettling. She has so much like, rage just built up from just sort of like it's, it's like a, an impotent. She is pretty weak. She can't really take care of herself. Like she can't really hunt on her own with other children. And she's never going to grow up. She's never going to change. She's never going to have like, a relationship as an adult. And all of that ends up focused on the stat, which is interesting because, like, I don't think she fully remembers how she was turned. They say it at one point. No, yeah. And the stat is, is an asshole because he even says, like, purposely hurtful things to her all the time. But, like, some of her anger should be directed at Louis, and he just he really plays the part of, like, oh, I didn't say anything. I, I'm just, yeah, I just work here, whatever. Um, He's just as responsible for her situation. Uh, the interesting thing is that, like, Claudia, um, isn't she supposed to be based on, like, Ken Rice's child that passed or something? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and we were, we were talking about it earlier, saying that maybe if, 
that has been is a stand-in for how she would picture her kid, but also trying to reconcile the fact that it's not realistic or, or giving like the deference to the fact that her child, if, if they were still there, would have been a fully formed like person who was continuing to grow and like change, you know, like so that that conflict that the character has um, with herself and with the people who are responsible for her situation. It's sort of be like Anne Rice trying to uh, come to terms with or like reconcile how she feels about the child's death and then also like is it fair to pictures on this way as this character, you know? Um, but yeah, so the so the like the, the the probably the only like the probably the most gory scene in this whole movie was when she slices Lestat's neck and like the blood is like the it was like actually the only really creepy scene in the movie is like the blood's flowing on the carpet and they're like stepping back and then they're like deciding how to get rid of his body and it's like super creepy like this is like a small child even if she's not a child quote unquote yeah it's like as the blood's coming towards her she finally realizes like what she just did yeah. <laughs> like pick me up <laughs> and they made the wrong decision to throw him in the swamp instead of burying him because yeah. as we and find then- out that he's able to eat the the alligators and whatever that I mean yeah. I guess they, they don't like really explain how you can the only way you can or because they also say in this movie that like crosses and all that are all just like mumbo jumbo and the only real way to kill a vampire I guess is sunlight but they figure it out this is like another way to like deeply weaken them because he wasn't dead he was just like super weak um, from eating dead blood and then he eventually comes back, and then they have to burn him again. And that scene, like, basically burns down the entire city of New Orleans. Thanks. Way to go, guys. Yeah. Oh, my God. The entire quarter. They burn down the entire quarter to try and unsuccessfully kill this one dude. <laughs> There's people fleeing in, in, in the streets, and they're on a ship. Because they were already planning on leaving the country. They were planning their trip to Europe, right? Yes. They're in a ship, they're leaving, and they're like, well, pretty much what I was planning on doing. And, like, no word whatsoever about the impact of burning down an entire one quarter of the city. Well, I, I will throw this in there because I looked this up before. In 1978, 1778 and 1794, there were two enormous fires in downtown New Orleans. So, presumably, they're like, they don't really use much history, you know, like, historical nods other than just like this is kind of what it looked like in new orleans this time but like i felt like that was the only thing i could be like okay well they're trying to throw in like a nod into like you know like one of those like forrest gump type of things like something he did led to history (laughs) yeah but like they don't mention it it's just kind of like a one-off thing and then they go to but i don't know they don't say what year it is again so it's just kind of a hazy mess it could have been after this maybe they burned down 18 something but then they go to europe wait do they go to they go to paris first right and the whole paris this is the thing that pisses me off because they don't go to paris first they're all around they're hopping all around the mediterranean they're going to egypt and everywhere looking for clues about their their and literally the only clue they had was the one they didn't follow up on was that that he was from paris they go literally every fucking where else (laughs) find no information and then they're in Paris for all of three minutes, and like the dude shows up, the very theatrical vampire does the whole like bug funny mirror thing <laughs> in, in the tunnel, and like 
dancing around and yeah, but they had they had yeah, they could have gotten there like first thing. No time at all. They could have figured it out. When they get to Paris, like yeah, you're right. They like literally like minutes before, after they get there, the guys like oh, I I love the scene even before that when they're walking down. You could just have like the clinking of the his feet on the stones. It's like kind of cool. I feel like in general, I don't feel like cinema cinematically this movie was that. Like I feel like it could have been better. Like I feel like it was kind of fine. But then they then they read then they get like a little invitation to go to this like vampire cabaret or something, whatever you want to call it. I think they described it like it was a vampire pretending to be a human pretending to be a vampire or some kind of, because all the people are vampires in the crowd, right? Or no, they're not. It's like a real real Connie and Carla thing. Um, They're like, is that what it was? The one where they pretended to be drag queens? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, the the whole all of the vampires occupy the space underneath this theater, and they're on stage pretending to be people, pretending to be vampires, and doing like live feedings every night. The people in the audience are human; they're not vampires. So they so don't they get it, or they think they're pretending. I think they're pretending. They think it's all a joke. They're just dumb. Yeah, I think they're pretty dumb. Well, I mean, I guess you know it's. Theater, magic, you know, whatever. Right. Okay, that's yeah. what you're saying. Right. They're human. They they, they think they're humans, yeah. pretending to be vampires. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, but that whole thing was super strange, and I feel like doesn't really. I mean, it was like a. It was again. It was like a device to get them to meet Antonio Banderas's character Armand, like the very oh, sophisticated no. Spanish vampire who's in Paris. We could have had an Armand. Played by, uh, John <laughs> that that would have been quite the quite quite something. I feel like I, I like Antonio Bernera's actually a lot. I think he's oh, he's good. I like him. Yeah. But so like he so then we learn like the kind of the reveal is which I feel like wasn't much of a reveal. It's like oh clearly he was like the original vampire. It seems like who then turned Lestat and all these other people. He's like the father of vampires. But won't tell him anything. It's like I'm not going to tell you anything about this. Yeah. And then when they find out that they like attempted to kill, or they think that Lestat's dead, like it's the one crimes you can't kill a vampire. And you know, I feel like this is kind of like I kind of hastily watched this scene. You know, they get their revenge by kidnapping Claudia, and like her. Also, we shouldn't skip over the part where like he makes her a mother. Yeah, so Claudia just has this woman. She's like, you owe me making a mother. And the mother is somebody who lost her child. Yeah, and she... she, But she had bites on her neck, right? Like, she was one of those people who was like... Like a familiar kind of thing? Yeah, something like that. And they turn her into, like, his mother. So that way, like, he can finally be free. Because I think that Claudia was like, you want to be free. I'm going to let you be free. Like now we're even, I think is what they say. Right. And so, and she literally like is her mother for like one day or no, like not even a day. Or yeah. So. As they're turning her is when the people show up. The lady is like, come on little girl. Or they're like, come on, yeah. And so they intend to bury Louis like in a 
you know, a coffin forever. And then they kill his Claudia and his new mother. And then he takes his revenge, uh, Louis, in the like one time in the movie where he kills somebody. And it's like a revenge scenario, like someone who killed his only, you know, child, child. And he murders every single vampire except for Armand. Because Armand apparently, yeah. like, somehow knew that he was going to come back and murder all the vampires. I think what we're supposed to believe is that Armand kind of orchestrated this. That's why he let him go. Because Claudia says at one point that she saw Armand's soul and he, he's tired of being with these vampires. He doesn't like this way of life. He wants to be with Louis. Uh, with so he, I don't know, they don't say if he has any particular, like, gifts. I know the one vampire reads minds and stuff. There's a few that have those weird abilities. But they, no, but don't they say he can read minds because he's thinking of Lestat and then he says it? Or no, they just presume maybe he could read minds. I think it was the weird top hat vampire. Oh, oh, right, okay. The one could read minds, yeah. Because they see that going in. Mind you, they have no real knowledge of vampires. But going in to meet the other vampires for the first time, Louis is like, well, these, some of these people might read minds. So just like, be careful what you're thinking. Okay. Yeah. yeah like, tell a child, like, don't think about anything. Just think about, like, you know, dolls and candy. Think about an elephant. Yeah. They, they don't, they like, they, they don't, they don't really stay true to, like, this movie is not true to, like, vampire lore in any way. Yeah. Because as you were saying, there's to kill them like they kind of make them seem like they're pretty much unstoppable the only way is the sunlight and uh right but yeah so then Lestat kills everyone Armand saves him he's like we can be companions again in a little bit of an erotic way and he's like no too bad I'm not gonna be with you I'm gonna go back to America and, and be sad again there right and so he just you know, he decides to go home. Again, they don't explain, you know, how did he have money and pay, whatever. Forget the money. So I think the other thing about the making the vampire, I feel like they tried hard to make him have like a human side to his vampireness. I feel like that's like mm-hmm. the moment where it's, well, gone but then also when he kills all the other vampires like he he can't pretend he's like this clean soul anymore if you could even pretend before so at one point Armand says to him that he has a human soul somehow because Lestat cried while he was making him which I don't think that's true yeah and then then also he also like he also cries in front of the um, Christian Slayer is like a vampire can only cry like twice in their life. Right? Did you catch that? Because <laughs> he was he was crying about Claudia having died and why he decided to murder them all. Like, oh, he he was like crying. He's like, so I guess if you're saying that, that Lestat cried when he made him, it's like somehow that like makes him have more of a soul, right? You're saying, is that what you're saying, right? Yeah. Oh, but then I think also Armand wants him to like repair his soul because he's somewhat human. And, and Louis mm-hmm. is like, no, I'm not going to help you do that. Because that's what I think what Armand wanted. He wanted like someone to just 
he wanted the same thing that I think the Lestat wanted, like the good soul with him, you know, to make him feel less bad about just murdering lots of people. Yeah, sort of, um, you know, be a good influence. You, you know, my relationship with you, like, if, if you can stand to be around me, then I can't possibly be as bad as I feel like I am, you know, because it's the thing that I actively do all the time. Um, and then I think the, the final moments is he, well, one of the last two scenes is he goes back to New Orleans, back to his old haunting, stomping grounds, and finds Lestat. But this is now like in the 80s, you know, 1980s or something. They don't say exactly. But it's near, like there's helicopters outside, mm-hmm. which like freak Lestat out because like he doesn't, you know, he's like the, the boomer who doesn't like understand technology yet or something. But, <laughs> but he's like, you know, he's super decrepit like he can't feed he can't go out they don't really say why i guess like he doesn't have the capabilities and then in like the modern times louis just like disappears he's just gone which they also don't like it doesn't make any sense but then somehow in those like 10 years lestat is able to go from this like decrepit person who can't move to traveling across the country Finding the finding him, and then killing and stealing like the car of Christian Slayer. Like it's super cool but scene, it, but what the hell? Yeah, no, I I like that ending scene. Um, I, what did they do? They do sympathy for the devil. Yeah, the, yes. Which I mean, well done. Um, but like he tells him Christian Slater, I'm going to give you the choice I never had. So the implication is that he's going to you know, going to make him one, because I think we're supposed to think that Lestat has been listening in on the interview. Ah, uh, okay, that would make sense. And, yeah, because then he heard he saw him Christian Slater, because that's the name I don't know the character's name, but he heard him, like he wanted Louis to make him a vampire. He somehow heard that entire story and missed the point entirely because this takeaway was like, well, make me one. I don't care about my soul just making an empire. I want what you have. Yeah. Which really disappoints me. Yeah, I feel like that's why he ends up like storming out. He's like, didn't you hear a word I said this whole time? Yeah. I'm like, dude, you, you don't want to be this. And it's funny. Oh, his name is Malloy, which like mm-hmm. it could have been it could have been anything. Could have been yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he also drew and also like he I mean I realize he's, this is um yeah, and so he takes his car, and I think so. The sequel to this book and movie is to, is told in the from the perspective of Lestat, so that's how mm-hmm. like the next one goes. But that's basically the end. It kind of just ends in that kind of you don't know what happens to Brad Pitt character. Presumably, Lestat's just going to go back to being, I don't know, like a hedge fund guy in the '90s, and I don't know, getting rich off the like tech stocks or something, so he can. I don't know. His character just kind of ends, and like that's just the end of the movie. So I don't, I don't really have much else to say about the movie, unless or do you have anything about the movie? Because I have a couple like more like about the vampire lore in general. Yeah, no, I think I think it's, there's not a whole lot to say about the movie because it's also like I don't know, seems like also surface level as far as like the what we can take from like the society with the movie because that's just that's just reality. <laughs> Which people who are like, taking advantage of 
a lot of poor people also each other in like this weird sort of cannibalistic way when they have the parties and they're inviting over the society type. At one point, um, Louis is saying that he Scott likes having like a foppish, like rich person, you know, he likes to start out with like a young, like a virgin and then like a young woman and then like a little rich guy, you know, it's like an apparatus. Um, which is, I think it's a cute little parallel to the way that the uh, owner class treats each other. I mean, it's all, it's all discussion, right? It's all just like kind of basic and passing the same few bucks around. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think, I mean, generally, there are very few movies where vampires are not portrayed as wealthy. Like you made a, you made a comment like oh if they had been like poor vampires living in like the slums they're not going to be out you know you know mucking it or uh, you know having these fancy parties they're going to be in their lane so to speak so like I mean I mean I guess in general vampires are always made to be that way and I was in my readings of things um, I found some you know articles on you know. Um, Marxist takes and leftists and all these other things and just using that it became very easy to use the idea of these like wealthy vampires that are like the social the social elite to be perceived in the same way as like you perceive like capitalists like they are literally sucking the money out of like the, the, the society um, yeah I think I, I think uh, Big part of it is that you know the vampires, much like the capitalists, can't exist without an underclass of people who can be mistreated mm-hmm. and you know used and discarded uh, to exploit. Like, there's no way for that to happen because eventually, you know, if the people are all treated as though they each individually inevitably matter, then people are going to notice. And, you know, it's not showing up. You know, like the idea of Dracula movies and all these other kinds of, you know, they're meant to be like this horror genre. Like you usually think of vampire movies as horror, but, you know, that these bloodthirsting vampires will go at great lengths to do whatever they need to do to get their blood. But at the end of the day, like it's not hard. You know, the real horror is like the system they live in, as you're saying. It's like they need that underclass. They need this other aspect. So... And I guess I'm trying to say, like, they, capitalists will continue to drain society um, as long as they exist. When they no longer will, you know, accept these small bits of money, they'll just, you know, move on to other ways to get what they want. You know, you think of, like, automation. Like, they automate, but it doesn't actually, like, it could. And they could automate things, and then people could live better lives paid just as well, have everything, but instead they just use it as a way to continue to actually underpay people, which, yeah, of course, I don't know. That was kind of a tangent there. No, but I, I think there's, no, I think there's some really good parallels to draw there. Like pre-Dracula, pre-like Bram Stoker's Dracula, there was myth, like the mythos of like Dracula and like the vampire, you know, way before that. But it was, I don't know how, I don't know enough of the history to know like what they were using that metaphor for it was like to scare people you know to say that there's this 
evil out there. So I don't know. I don't know if you know anything about that. I've, I've read like a couple of like, random things. Um, I think a lot of the time it's been used as like in modern iterations, it could be a stand-in for like you know parasitic class. Um, sometimes probably it, it had to do with like the fear of strangers and outsiders. You know, people that look kind of like you that also look suspiciously a little bit different. You can't say exactly why. And they're just here to reach off of you and, you know, they're going to harm your family and, and the crops are going to wither and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but there's definitely a lot of around that idea especially given the fact that like you live in like a small town like you're not leaving your town if you saw some person who you know was fancy looking you know know, presumably like dracula like you think of in his like fancy outfit his nice big cape and his popped up collar you know he's gonna come in come in down i mean also too like in the idea of like transylvania or something it's sort of like he's like the lord of all of the land, you know, like he owns all the land and you have to like stay away from him because, you know, he's bad because he's forcing us to. So that's, I don't know. I feel like it's a similar like idea of, you know, cause capitalism existed, you know, in the 1800s, 1700s prior to, to this, it just wasn't the same, but I digress. I don't think you wonder how much of the idea of, Vampires and, and creepy, like other worldly—they look like you, but they're more powerful, and you know they—they can move silently to society. Like, how much of that is, is people warning their children to stay away from strangers and stuff like that? You know, but then I wonder how much of it is them, people that are powerful, wanting to cultivate a kind of mystique. You know. Well, it's it's funny. I th- I thought you were going to say something else. I thought you were going to say perhaps I don't know if this is true or not, but I wonder if it also has a like a racial or religious tone of either anti-Semitism yeah. or other sects of Christianity other than yourselves, like the you know because obviously like you know you think of a couple hundred years ago, you know Jews be portrayed in in a way of like the money you know money lending kind of thing. I know that's not quite the same. But it's like another way to other some group. I mean, you could just put it that way. Well, yeah, the, um, there's definitely anti-Semitic elements to a lot of vampire stuff, um, and there's been tons of conspiracy theories and like whacked out things surrounding like the drinking of blood as it pertains mm-hmm. to them. Um, oh well, the that the original movie um, Nosferatu, I think, is like steep, deeply based in like a anti-semitic like the very first vampire i don't know if you've ever seen it. it's like the silent vampire yeah. film it's like it's actually pretty great it's even though it's visually it's not worth anything but thinking about the time it was made it's amazing but like it's supposedly like straight up just like anti-semitic the whole thing yeah that's 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 right i mean like you go back well you don't even have to go back but you you Take a deep enough look at anything, and there's gonna be yeah, it's gonna pop up somewhere. Do you have any last uh, last vampire thoughts? No, um, the best modern iteration is what we do in the shadows, and that's what I feel about that. Yeah, They're my favorite vampire. That that movie fun. is pretty great. The show is also great. Yeah. 
I, I like the movie. I, I, I like the show better. Yeah. The show, the, the movie is very funny. I feel like my favorite vampire movie or like version, I like, I love the um, Girl Who Walks Alone at Night. Just because it's yeah. super, I mean, it's it's not. I don't feel like it. Maybe has the same. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not like what we do in the yeah. shadows. But as far as like a super sad one, and the other one, I was just recommending to someone. Um, Only lovers left alive. It's with yeah. Tilda Swinton and um, someone else, and it's like two vampires living in different countries, and they're sad, and they've lived for hundreds of years, and they just want to be together. It's it's not. It's a drama. It's not at all like a drama dramedy. It's not a horror movie. I'd, I'd recommend that one if you haven't seen it. Not funny. Well, it is funny actually. All right. Well, I think that that concludes vampire discussion. Um, with Smirk gently, thank you for joining me on this maybe less than great movie. <laughs> we we got it done. Yes. Yes. All right, well, uh, thanks everyone for, for listening and have a good one.